Welcome to Taking a Punt, episode four, the Dane Roy story. As we work our way through a new season for Dane Roy with Houston, it comes with some dramas on the field and some really significant challenges off the field, all whilst living on the other side of the world. It is a journey with many layers, and we pick up the Dane Roy story now. There was a lot of people worrying about going to Austin as well with the team because they had some family and friends or some really close family like affected. So they're like, well, I don't really want to leave and and go to Austin. So there were a few players who didn't actually go, but um, they still joined the team when we came back after all that. But uh, yeah, a bit of a delayed start to the season of 2017. And um, it was an indoor stadium too. And I obviously uh, punters and kickers alike, we do love our indoor stadiums. No wind to affect it. And um, you know, we can get some nice punts off in that one. But um, yeah, we have to start our game, uh, our first game of the season in Arizona. Hurricane Harvey canceled the season opener for new head coach Major Applewhite and the Houston Cougars. They make their 2017 debut tonight. This is a new era for Houston football as they try to get back to normal after Harvey. Yeah, to quote Major Applewhite, their first-year head coach at Houston, life threw them an audible, and how do they handle it? They were unranked, and and uh, yeah, it was a pretty awesome place, let me just tell you like that. Uh, my parents were there, Kiara was there at the game, and uh, they had a really good uh, fun time um, gallivanting around Arizona at the same time. But um, yeah, it was... Uh, that was one of the really cool places we'd, we'd played at as well. Like our hotel was like um, backed up on like near a mountain and there was cactuses everywhere. It was a cacti. But um, yeah, that was, a, that was a really cool place. We, uh, we had a good uh, win. It was uh, 19 to 16. We won it just at the end. And I had a good game too. So that's always good when the team wins and you have a good game. So I saw the saw mum and dad and uh, Kiara after the game and uh, – had a quick uh, chat to him, but we had to jump on the plane and go home because we were already in, um, I think it was Pacific Standard Time, and then Texas is like uh, on Central Time, which is two hours later. So we, and this was like a 9.30 game or something in Texas time. So like by the time we finished, it was at midnight and you have to wait. So we ended up getting home at 7 a.m. the next morning. So I put my head on the pillow at 7 a.m., and uh, they luckily enough said, oh, we don't have to check in for our injuries and food until like two in the afternoon. Yeah, thanks for that. Give us a nice um, six-hour sleep. Once again on the podcast, we were lucky to catch up with ESPN Australia's NFL writer Steve Smith to ask his perspective on the Dane Roy journey. Yeah, it was really interesting to watch because even as he said, Uh, in 2017 after his first year his first year he just tried to get 100 yards on every kick he couldn't and he couldn't control his consistency his location wasn't always what he wanted it to be it certainly wasn't what the coaches wanted it to be they were very very pleased with him after his first year and they felt that his maturity more than anything else would help him and hold him in good stead for the next three years and certainly they weren't displeased with what he had done but they could see where the improvement could come from and to his credit, he went away between the freshman and sophomore years, between his sophomore and junior, between his junior and senior, and worked on everything they asked him to work on. They only had to tell him once, and he worked on it. And the thing that I was most impressed with was that consistency just kept getting better and better and better. And I think that's, that's the hallmark of, of hard work, 
and an application. <laughs> so the, the next week um, rolls around. We have a massive rivalry game. I don't really know why they call it a rivalry game when you uh, always win. But um, Rice, obviously, the team across the, uh, the 288 freeway. And um, you would call this Rice like the, uh, an Ivy League school of Texas. It's a um, really, really smart school. And uh, their campus is a really nice campus as well. Yeah, we played a home game. We all wore Houston on the back of our jerseys just to, um, to represent what the city has gone through and just to say, hey, we're here for you guys. Uh, I only had three punts for that game and they all landed around like the 10-yard line and um, somehow I received the player of the conference for the week for uh, special teams. So I don't think there was many other people who like ticked the boxes for it, but they were like, well, he's averaged over 40 and they've all been down inside the 10. So yeah, let's give it to Dane. So uh, I'll take that. Yeah, we beat Rice. Back to that. We beat Rice 38-3 and we're 2-0 and after uh, two games. Move on to Texas Tech now. We're uh, playing the Red Raiders. Cliff Kingsbury, you might know that name. He's obviously the Arizona Cardinals coach now. And um, he was coaching at the time. First drive of the game, set the tone. They um, intercepted. Kyle Allen threw a pass out and uh, was just picked off. And that came back to haunt us in the end, really, because like Texas, uh, Texas Tech... Uh, got out to a pretty big lead and we, we brought it back and um, we had an onside right at the end of the game. I kicked it. Um, not my best ending to a game. I uh, You meant to kick an onside kick to 10 yards and then it's legal. My kick went to 9.999 yards, I reckon. And it, and it had like a banana, like a Dacos effect on it where it was spinning and they just looked at it because it was like it not it was doing something um, different to what they were, they were used to. So they just looked at it, and like if it had have gone to ten yards, we would have got it and jumped on it. So a few people blamed me at the end, and I was like, I didn't throw an interception at the start of the game to to need that onside. Nah, I'm just kidding about that. But uh, it does get annoying when you're trying to do your job, and you're like, well, don't put us in that situation anyway to to need a uh, an onside kick. But yeah. Um, yeah, we had a 16-game uh, win, home winning streak ended that day as well. So um, that, was, that was pretty annoying. But um, also, we noticed that um, at the start of the season, like because uh, Coach Herman had a thing how he put like a win up on the wall at the top and um, it would be the score of the game. And then at the start of this season, Coach Applewhite ripped them all down. And he's like... I said something like, that's not us. Or, well, mate, a lot of people played in those wins and people like celebrating things like that. So I think that was a, a bit of an error on his judgment. And maybe it was the uh, the karma because then we lost one of, one of our first games. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best, but um, maybe, maybe it was the football god saying that. You, you're on a streak. You should have stayed on it. Shemenich has a man wide open. And he hit him in stride, 77 yards to Kiki QT. So the next game we play uh, is at uh, Lincoln Financial Field. We head to Philadelphia and we play Temple. So that's home of the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, I got to uh, play in front of Kiara again. She was still there. She'd 
flew over and uh, visited the area and um, also the Shoeys. Carl Shoemakers, my best man, and his wife, Britt, were all there. And, um, yeah, we watched a pretty lacklustre game, like, uh, entertainment-wise. We won 20-13. to 13, And the last punt of the game, put them down inside the 10. No return, out of bounds. And uh, coach is like, that is exactly what I want you to do, wanted you to do. So, thank you. And that's put, made it easier for our defence to come out and um, get a stop. And then we won the game. I had my first... Uh, to, Philly cheesesteak after the game. And let's just say oh, I was not a fan, but really? that's because it was like cold and like it had yeah. been waiting for us for a while. But I, I recently visited Philadelphia with, um, with my mate Damo and uh, he took me to one of the special places and uh, yeah. I can see why they're pretty, they're pretty <laughs> popular now, but I'd probably want some tomato sauce on it or ketchup. <laughs> did, did enough. But uh, yeah, so we're three and one now. And uh, then we head to uh, SMU. Right, sorry, we head back home and SMU come visit us. And uh, they were the ones who knocked us off uh, the previous year and they ran on the field, but uh, they weren't ranked. So uh, when we beat them this game, we couldn't run on the field because uh, right. it just doesn't work that way. Second down, Catalan to room to Catalan. Breaks tackles into the end zone. Touchdown, Houston. So second down, no penalty. Hicks again. Intercepted Terrell Williams with the pick for Houston. But uh, it was a good win. We won 35 to 22. And now we have a 4 and 1 record. And uh, yeah, this game, bloody hell, Tulsa. Next game, we play Tulsa. What is with me punting shit versus Tulsa? Well, I had another bad day. A very, very bad day. And. Um, I got out there in the warm-up and I was like, I really, really hope I have a few punts with this win because, like, the world's biggest flag was on top of their scoreboard at one end. It was just erect, pointing straight down the field. I'm like, no one wants to punt into that win. So um, I only got one punt into the win, uh, with the win that day and it was from 38 yards out. So I only <laughs> didn't really have a lot to play with. and It was the first drive of the game, I think. So I, I knocked it out at the eight or something, a 31-yard punt, cool. I think I averaged 31 for the game because my next few punts were all into the wind. I had one and it just punted it. The returner started sprinting back, like this is a mammoth kick. And then all of a sudden the wind just takes it out of bounds. Then the ref, don't ever kick it out of bounds on the full because the ref determines where the ball goes out. He goes, oh, I think it went out on this trajectory. And then, yeah, that ends up being like a 28-yard punt. And then another one, I did get lucky with one punt because I kicked a low ball into the wind. The, the returner couldn't quite get there. And he was like, hey, I'm just going to leave that. That could go into the end zone for a touchback. Luckily enough for me, it pulled up right on the line. My long snapper downed it right on the one. And we got away with that one. So um, that probably boosted the average back up to a nice 31. But uh, we ended up losing. And they scored like three touchdowns in the last quarter and beat us 45 to 17. And... They weren't good. We were just terrible. But uh, it's not fun. That's just, that was a really, really bad loss, I think. There's a lot of people were like, what what are we doing? But um, yeah, we're four and two now. We head back to Houston. Now we're playing Memphis. Memphis have always been a troublesome team. And uh, I'll give you a spoiler alert. 
of the four games I played against Memphis in my career, I never once beat them. Mm. And this was one of the closest we got. We were up by, uh, we, sh- we should have won this. They're ranked 25. We were up by 17 points in the third quarter. And then Caden, the kicker, poor Caden, but um, he, he smashed one straight down the middle, pretty low as well. And the returner was like beauty. And these return, the Memphis returners are just ridiculous. Like they're always good every year. They're going to bring balls back for touchdowns. And then Caden gave this guy one wrapped on a plate. And he was like, hey, mate, have, have this one. Kick return, Pollard, who's so explosive. Pollard, the kicker trying to stop him, and he cannot. Pollard down the sideline, still going. Touchdown, Memphis. The last time you were on the field. And the guy just spilled out. And then all of a sudden, it's Caden and him versus. And he just walks straight past Caden and then for a touchdown. So then... They're 10 points down. They've got the momentum. And um, we also had a fake punt we were meant to do that got botched. So we are up by like, um, how much would it be? Oh, no. We lost by 48 to 32 that game. Well, I felt a lot closer. But um, there was like four minutes to go or something. And all we had to do was just maintain our lead. But uh, all we had to do is maintain our lead really, really close to the end of the game. And... Um, Dylan Burden has the ball and he makes his way up. They run the same play three times in a row. But first play, he gets nine yards, gets caught on the one. It gets caught on uh, with one yard to go. Next play, they run it again. And then Dylan sees the gap. And instead of just getting the first down, he tries to bounce outside and get a lot more yards. And then he gets absolutely crunched. He breaks his elbow. And then they go back and pause in game. Dylan goes, gets helped off the field. And then I think they run the same play again and the tight end couldn't quite get there. So now it's fourth and one. We've had many chances to make this, but um, yeah, not really happening for us. So uh, the coach goes, all right, run out this fake. So what we do is we snap it to, um, we, we ran a similar scheme this year or the previous year, but you um, snap it to one of the protectors Everyone shifts across and the protector just moves through and gets the one yard. That didn't quite go to plan. The long snapper, Nick, got very excited for whatever reason and he snapped it too high. So the personal protector went over his head. So I'm meant to just like turn the other way and like fake, oh, I'm getting the ball. So as I'm doing that, I looked up and I'm like, oh shit, the ball's coming. And I managed to grab it before it hits the ground. And then I'm not allowed to run it, by the way. Like, no one's blocking for me, so I'm just going to get absolutely lit up. So I just grab it, one step, kick it as far as I can. Turns out it was the biggest kick of my uh, season. It went 60 yards, and the returner noticed what was happening. He's like, hey, no one's coming down here. So the returner's like running, running backwards. He goes into the end zone and catches it. Usually you just let it go in the end zone and you take your touch back. But he noticed no one was protecting. So he's like, hey, I could get a touch out here. So he catches it in the end zone, runs it out and gets tackled at the 20. And I was like, mate, you probably could have just let it go in the end zone. You have it at the 20 and I don't have any return yards. Uh, as a punter, you don't want return yards. And it ended up being the same net. But uh, yeah, we got out, of, got out of jail there, We you'd say. But um, yeah, Nick got told off for his, his snap. And, um, but in the end, like why 
you're relying on uh, on the punt team to get a first down when the offense had multiple chances to get it. So, um, yeah, the game didn't go the way we planned and we're not losing that one. So, um, also during the year, um, I can't remember which part of the year it was, but um, there was a, it was a pretty big fight on the um, in practice and the player responsible for starting the fight was removed from the team and classes within five minutes of it happening because he'd had some previous indiscretions and this was just the uh, the one that just, uh, the, the, what is it, the straw that broke the camel's back. And um, yeah, this guy loves showing off his weapons, so to say, in the, uh, in the locker room. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was a good idea for the team to get rid of him because like, he was a bad egg. But um, it turns out I was really, really close to this fight. Like I was... Um, I walk down, I'm a specialist on the sideline at practice. We just sit around all the time, just talk absolute trash. And one time I was thirsty, so I went over to the water, the water station. And then just as I was over there, the two came together because they were just yelling at each other. They're like, yeah, say that again. And he's like, all right, I'll say it again. And then all of a sudden he grabs his chest plate and just punches him in the head. Oh, that was the biggest punch I've ever heard. And, I, and the guy just stood there and took it. And I'm like, oh, boy. But um, I had a chat to that guy later and I said, are you okay, mate? Because that, that, that fist it, like, just went straight into your head. And he said, uh, what fist? I wasn't punched. And I was like, mate, you have been punched so hard, you think you weren't punched. But um, because I was right there at the time, I put my hands up to say, hey, guys, stop. And everyone's like, geez, Dane got over there quick. He was breaking it up. And I just, turns out I was just there at the right time. And I was like, hey, guys, you're probably going to fight. And then, uh, yeah, the strength coaches got him and, and pulled him away. But yeah, he was um, sent home and he remained nameless. But if you know your UH people, you'll know who it was. And um, yeah. <laughs> rest of the week uh, after that game, the rest of the week off because um, it was a, uh, a Thursday night game. And um, so I, I took Chiara back to San Antonio and uh, for a Chris Stapleton concert. And we love Chris Stapleton. Uh, we love dancing to his music and nice, just nice relaxing vibes as well. So um, we saw the Alamo while we were there. And then after that, we drove to Austin, saw my mate Grayson again, and uh, he took us to uh, the UT game where we saw Michael Dixon punt. He was punting into the wind, like 60 yards. This guy's crazy. And that's why he's obviously a really good punter. But um, we headed back to Houston. And um, this is when we had some pretty bad news. Um, we found out that Kiara wasn't going to be able to work in Texas. She applied the Texas Board of Nursing. She did everything like that. And they came back and said that um, you're missing one particular thing on your um, education for you to get in um, potentially. She would have to study for that. And then once the studying's complete, which could take six months to a year, she would have to reapply, which takes six more months. And then she would have to take the test. And there's no guarantee that she passes the test because that's a really, really hard test. So then we looked at all, we're like, well, if you do everything, you might just get to work for like two or three months by the time I graduate. And I don't think that's worth it because yeah, let's, yeah, it's a bit too, bit too hard. And, and especially if you don't make it, then you've done all that effort and yeah. you, you didn't pass in the end or they didn't accept you. It's like, it's, how about we just do long distance for the, um, the next two years? So we both agree with that. And um, 
Yeah, it was. It's pretty pretty hard. That was a pretty hard time for for both of us, knowing that we were still going to be together doing long distance. But as I kept saying to her, I'm like, we both know how this fairy tale ends. Let's keep pushing through. So in the wake of yet another setback for Dane Roy, already living on the other side of the world, we asked him how he was able to maintain focus and get the head quite literally back in the game. It was um, it's pretty tough, but uh, everyone everyone's going through something and obviously I know more about what I'm going through and uh, the coaches really ask the players to compartmentalise what's happening in their lives because you only get um, a couple of hours in a, on the Saturday to uh, get going, so to say. And if you're thinking about your personal life, then then you might miss a few key, uh, key and crucial plays or something like that. So, um, yeah, the coaches definitely... Uh, tell us to compartmentalise our life and uh, you get used to it in the end, but um, it's still not a good thing to, um, to have to go through as well. On that topic, we are once again going to check in with one of our regular contributors on this podcast, David Bassetti. On, on that level, and I mean, really on, on the NFL level too, you know, where uh, I, I see my role and, you know, a lot of our leaders as, you know, we're in a servant leadership role. Um, uh, we, we want what's best for our guys and, you know, put them in the best possible situation, take care of any, any chance you, you can. So with every one of our players, it was, you know, if there was anything going on in their, in their personal life, you know, anything they deal with, you know, we, we want to be there to, to help them. Um, obviously with Dane being as far as he could, you know, you're right. He couldn't just, you can't just jump on the plane and, and go see the family for the weekend. Like a number uh, of our players could, I mean, uh, a lot of our, a lot of our players could just jump in the car, um, you know, driving distance from their family, you know, you know, all within four hours of driving their family. So it's, it's one thing for them to get away for Dane. You know, he was kind of by himself, uh, kind of, a you know, uh, isolated essentially, uh, you know, as far as family goes. So, um, it, you know, you could see it was tough for, for him just trying to get home, you know, once a year, if, if, if he could, um, just to make it home. Um, but, you know, for him, uh, I thought just his personality really endeared him to a lot of people. I mean, he quickly became uh, a fan favorite, um, not just because of who he was on the field, but because of who he was off the field. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people really, uh, really gravitated towards him as, as a person. Um, you know, you, you'd see him at all of our athletic events, very friendly, very outgoing, uh, willing to have a conversation. And, and I think people were just kind of enthralled by him. They, they want to talk to him, want to know more about him. So it was good to see that kind of community build around him. But uh, yeah, we uh, uh, said goodbye to Kiara and um, I had to continue on with football with uh, this season and the next two seasons to come as well. So um, yeah, we uh, played South Florida. We uh, flew out all the way to, um, I think it's like Tampa Bay and uh it was uh, Tampa Bay is known for it's the most lightning strikes in, in the city in a year, apparently on average. So uh, it wouldn't be a day in Tampa Bay without it being a bit of a thunderstorm. It pretty much rained all day, like drizzled. They were ranked 17 as well. So um, massive game coming in for as massive opportunity. And um, it, something just went right for us. We were in the game all day. Every time I ran out to punt, there usually was a bit of a delay and I managed to punt like eight times and uh, average 48, which was uh, my best um, 
day punting wise uh, so far. I think I, if I was ever going to get an average that high, it would probably only off a few punts. But the fact that I got eight punts for 48, that was um, pretty good. pretty good day. And uh, yeah, light drizzle all day, so it made it hard for the, the snapper to snap it back because like you don't want to have to like double grab it and drop the ball. So uh, very, very, very hard to uh, to to concentrate when you're having a long break before a time uh, after a timeout or after a quarter change. So um, yeah, we uh, got there in the end. But this like they keep replaying the end of this game because Derek King won the game off his own back. It was uh, it's like fourth and twenty four. All South Florida have to do is just stop this play, and they win. King. Oh, boy, Reedy, just you're talking about. Now he's going to reverse it back, and King is going to go in for the touchdown. Houston, De'Ara King, and they lead it with 11 seconds left. We're down by like a field goal or just a bit more than a field goal. And um, Derek throws it from like back in opposition 50. And then he just gets absolutely crunched. So I'm looking at him on the ground. He's like holding his helmet. And little did I know that Courtney Lark down the field just took an absolute specky. And um, I'm just looking at Derek. I'm like, isn't that a flag? And the refs didn't even care about that. But he had his, his helmet rocked. But that doesn't matter because Courtney's just taking the catch. Uh, all the way down the field, new set of downs. And then in the end, uh, we score and win the game. And people are just going absolutely nuts on the sideline. And um, that was a good game to win because the crowd weren't very nice. They were yelling all day about how good they were and how bad we were. And then, uh, yeah, we won in the end. So, and just as as it always happens, you can't even say anything back to them because they're all gone because they're, they're hanging their heads in shame. But um, that was our first win over a ranked team in 2017. And, uh, yeah, we won 28-24. Now we're 5-3. We just need to win one more game to get bowl eligible. So, uh, yeah, we went um, after that. We have one more game to get to our bye week. So we play ECU. We... Um, we had a pretty easy win. We won 52 to 27 and Gardner Minshew was the quarterback. And I didn't know at the time because well, you don't, I don't study the opposition quarterbacks obviously, but um, someone said that he played for East Carolina before he was at Washington state before he was at Jacksonville. And I was like, really? We played East Carolina that year. And I looked through and I'm like, yeah, he was the quarterback. And then well, that's pretty cool. So, um, uh, one of my mates from uh, football in Richmond Central, Simon Kenny, and his mate uh, came down to watch um, that game. And um, we had a huge night on the uh, the gas, as, uh, as Richmond Central boys call it. But um, we knew we had a bye week the next week. So we, uh, we went a bit heavy on the, uh, on the syrup by uh, next to the, next to the bar and all that. I took them around town and, um, yeah, uh, I probably went a bit too heavy on the uh, on the booze because the next day I woke up and I was like, oh, my God, what have I done? Yeah, the, the good thing was there was no practice that day and we had a week off. So um, celebrate uh, going into the bye week, bowl eligible. We were six and three now. So, yeah, after the bye week, we're back into business. There's two games left and... Um, so we're six and three and there's two games left because we, uh, we didn't play that earlier game in the season. So usually it's a 12 game season. We're only playing 11 now. So we um, can only afford to lose like five games if we want to get into a bowl game. But uh, obviously want to win the, um, 
as many as we can so we can get to championship. But um, didn't really work out for us because we played Tulane where it went to Tulane as well. We didn't have a good hunting ground at Tulane. That's right in New Orleans, by the way. And, um, and yeah, we lost. It was a very low-scoring game, but I uh, only had two punts for that game. And um, both of them went to the wind, and I still managed to average about 45 or something. So uh, it's, a, it's always good when you can um, get the average above 40, but uh, it's not as good when you lose as well. But, um, yeah, we lost just at the end of the game as well. That, that was annoying. One more snap, and that'll do it. The upset is complete for the green wave of Tulane. An illness in the family is never something that is ever easy to deal with, and that is compounded when you are on the other side of the world. There have been some challenges for Dane along the way, and none as big as the one that he was about to face. So uh, the record's six and four now. We're coming into our last game of the year, and I had some bad days and bad weeks in the USA and this was probably one of my worst. I found out that my mum was starting chemo back in Australia. She had a bit of um, some health problems and required some chemotherapy and um, there was no one around that I could speak to that would really understand what I was going through or no one that I thought that I could speak to. So um, I got pretty, pretty down and pretty upset and because um, I really wanted to go back home and, and like and see her and just say I'm I'm here for you, but I knew that she would want me to stay for um for what I'm here for because I knew I was going home in December for uh, the after the bowl game anyway. So I just needed to push through. But at the same time, I was very lucky because some great people came into town to watch the last game of the year. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law were on honeymoon in uh, Mexico. So Kiara's sister and um, her husband were in Mexico and they came from Mexico to Houston to visit just to see how everything was going and um, just to get a, an idea of what life's like in uh, Houston. So, um, and I just missed their wedding as well. So that was, that was another thing that really, really affects uh, long distance as well as like seeing Kiara go to all these weddings that I'm not there. And then, and then I get a FaceTime at the end of the night and very emotional because like all her family and friends are there and I'm not there. And she has to just repeat the same answer to everyone at the same time. How's Dane going? Where's Dane? Are you sad? Dane's not there. So um, yeah, poor girl copped it a lot, even though people are just trying to do the right thing. It's just, uh, it, it kind of gets pretty annoying doing the same, repeating the same answer over and over. But um, yeah, like, but that's the life I chose. So um, does it reaffirm the decision in your mind or, or are there the occasional doubts going there where I'm thinking, well, yeah, I've made this call, but was it the right one? Or is it in times like that where you're like, no, I am here. And it, it kind of reinforces that message that, yeah, yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah, I had a lot of thoughts throughout my time. I'm like, why am I here? And like, even now, like I, I have those thoughts. I'm like, why am I here? Like, I don't, I don't deserve to be here, but I worked hard to be here. And, um, and I put in a lot of effort and commitment. And it, like, I'm, I'm someone who was like, if I'm committing to something, I'm committing to something 100%. Like I, I would never quit football I would never quit college football and the scholarship that I was on because like, I just couldn't tell my kids, even though I don't even have any kids, like, I just couldn't tell them in the future. It was like, Hey, I've had an opportunity to uh, study in America and like 
get a degree for free, but I quit halfway through a season because like it just got a bit too hard for me. Like I know people go through a lot and a lot of bad things in life. And I was thinking, well, if this is the worst thing that happens to me, then I actually have a pretty good life. Like it's um, obviously the science behind um, well, the chemotherapy and mum's good right now as well. Mum's all fine. But like at the time I was like, oh, what's the right decision? Plus, adding in missing everything back home. It's like, this is a sacrifice I have to make for the betterment of my own life and the, our uh, family's life for when me and Kiara and eventually start a family in the future. So, and it just, it just shows you, uh, goes to show that um, you, you'll get through the tough times if you have the right people around you as well. And I just, it came in really handy that um, those two, Chris and Shiv, came through um, the right time and helped me out to get through that pretty rough patch. But, uh, yeah, we, we ended up playing Navy, and it was a really nice day. This is in, like, the start of winter, and uh, I got burnt, I think. I got burnt on the forehead. Uh, that's when I had hair. But, um, yeah, it was uh, not a good game for me. I shanked a few punts. I couldn't stop thinking of mum because of like, that's pretty big news as well. And um, even coach Applewhite joked, I was point shaving, which if you don't know what that means, it's like an American term for match fixing. Like, um, you know, you're going to win, but maybe if you give the ball up a few times, they'll get closer. And then it's about the spread and the, the line or something. So yeah, that, that cut pretty deep because oh, I I was just trying my best. The ball got caught up in the wind a few times. They came really close to blocking a punt. They hit me as well, and the ref didn't throw a flag. And he goes, oh, you flopped. And I was like, this day just – can this day just end? So, uh, yeah, ended up winning 24 to 14, a 7-4 record. And I felt better after the game. I had a few drinks with Chris and Shiv and um, – yeah, they really helped me get through that tough time. The shoulder fake has time. Dunbar's wide open. The defender fell down. Dunbar breaks the tackle, and he's gone. He is gone. He is gone. Touchdown, Cougars. And that was probably my first real tough time, um, not including Christmas, because that's going to be hard on anyone. So, yeah. So, um, Chris and Shiv head home. And it's finals week. There's no football, just studying. It's, um, and it actually snowed in Houston, which is crazy. But, um, yeah, it snowed for the first time in Houston. And it got really, really cold. And I remember I rode over to uh, the Cougar. Um, there's a Cougar on display right out in front of uh, the stadium. It's a big bronze one. Took a picture of that because it was like snow on the, the head of it. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. So then we go to a team meeting, and this is the team meeting we've all been waiting for. Obviously, didn't make the uh, the championship game. Too many losses that year, but um, we knew we were going somewhere for a bowl game. We're like, where are we going? And they got the uh, announcement ready, and we're just like, please, anywhere other than in Texas, because we want to go somewhere. And they announced that we're going to Hawaii, and that is beautiful for me because it's halfway to australia so uh yeah eight hour flight so yeah they announced going to hawaii mum and dad and uh, my sister and kiara all think about it they add the sums up they're like we're gonna come too so that was pretty cool we've gone from um the uh like the lows of just a couple of weeks before that to the highs of i'm gonna spend christmas in hawaii with my family and my beautiful wife so yeah it was just that was a really cool moment as well so then um, a couple of weeks flew by and it's time to fly to Hawaii. We, uh, we 
flew out um, like five days out from the game just to to get some some time in the uh, like the, the bowl side as well. That's what they do. You, they fly you out early so you can have a few days there and just experience the different things. So um, yeah, I'm not sure which genius decided to fly out at the time we did, but we got to the hotel at Hawaii at 3 a.m. And a lot of my teammates thought it was the longest flight ever. That was cute because uh, they'd never gone on any flight more than like four hours. So this was like an eight-hour flight as well. Yeah, we decided to, um, whoever decided to, uh, I think there was two, cha- two operation, uh, operational flights that day. One left at like eight in the morning and the other one left at like eight at night. So they decided, yeah, let's do the eight at night one. Ooh, come on, that's... It's not smart. Sitting next to me for the next eight hours. What's the longest flight you've been on? Just the one to Vegas. So it was like two hours or something. So uh, yeah, good luck. Half an hour on the bus, still on the tarmac, waiting for something. It's two a.m. That's that's two a.m. local time, which means it's six a.m. Texas time. Welcome to Honolulu, Waikiki Beach. Go Cook. Look around. There's there's no other players out here. I just need to get those extra reps in before before the whole team takes over. A swim? Oh yeah. 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 Or even a, or even a surf? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you yeah. got to teach me how to boogie My board. Oh, I'll Come teach you. Teach you the ways of the Australian. <laughs> oh. The Hawaii Stadium is actually made to be a baseball stadium and like the stands kind of move in, in the baseball diamond direction and uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, we practiced there a few times. Um, we had some like um, uh, padded practices, which is not really smart because these our players always beat up on each other in padded practices and that's the last game of the year. And if you ask me, it's pretty stupid because like Fresno State just relaxed they were having the time of their lives. They came out really fresh and uh, they were a better shape for it. And we were beat up. And, um, yeah, we uh, ended up uh, losing 33-27. to 27, But Ed Oliver scored a touchdown after stepping on a um, sea urchin during the week. So uh, that made of a like a little a random quirky fact. Like he, he's a defender, obviously, and they brought him in as a running back in one in the start of the game and he scored a touchdown and they hand it off to Ed Oliver and he gets in the All-American scores for Houston putting the Cougars up six to nothing early it had uh, Stephen Dunbar's last game 197 yards and uh, yeah. but the game finished with me doing an onside kick and we uh, didn't we didn't score that one or we didn't convert that one so uh, ended up losing and uh, that's the end of that season. That is done, just like that. And now I'm in Hawaii and I have to wave goodbye to all my teammates. 
who are on the bus going home. So um, I'm lucky and I just get to the, go to the bar. So I met my family after the game and uh, I said to mum and dad and, and Kiara and my sister, Beck, I was like, hey, I'm just going inside. I have to do... Um, have to go to a meeting and then they'll come back out and then we'll get some pictures and stuff. And someone from UH, I think it was one of like the assistants, uh, like the administration assistants, like not even someone of power told them they can't go on the field. Like there's no one else in the stadium except for the coaches, wives and the kids. And then my family behind them and they're trying to walk on the stadium. And then the girl get cups in front. She's like, Oh, you can't be on here. So, um, yeah, that was pretty ridiculous because there was already 40 people out there. And so I just said, just wait there. Someone said to go around the other side. I come out five minutes later, where's my family? After finding them on the other side of the field, we get some nice pictures. We head to a bar, got them on a field in the end. And then, yeah, we head to a bar and then um, just uh, drank a few drinks before Christmas started. So um, it was pretty funny because, like, I was dragging my suitcases to the, the Ubers and just watching everyone on the buses go back to Houston <laughs> via, the, via the flight, of course. So, yeah, um, went back to Waikiki and got drunk with my family. What else would you do on Christmas Eve? Yeah, during the week, in the build-up, um, took some of the lads to some rooftop bars and, um, and obviously uh, when I saw mum a couple of days before the game, that was the first time I'd seen her since... Um, uh, since the season started and the first time I'd seen her since uh, the news about the chemo. So it was really good to see mum and, uh, and dad as well and just say, hey, I'm here for you guys and um, hopefully I won't be uh, away for too much longer. But uh, there was still two more years to go. All right, so Christmas Day in Hawaii, uh, absolute dream. Like my whole family was there. So mum, dad, Beck, Kiara. So uh, yeah, great you never guess what we had for lunch Christmas Day. It was, um, we were all a bit hungover from the nights before and we ended up having McDonald's on Waikiki Beach for Christmas in 2017. It was, uh, we made up for it with a fancy Japanese dinner and some fresh fish and all that. So um, yeah, it was a pretty funny memory. On uh, Boxing Day, which is uh, the day after Christmas, for you Americans who don't understand that one, we uh, headed to the North Shore to see the sights, the Bonsai Pipeline, and we rode some bikes out there, but it was a bit wet, so um, we uh, didn't really get a nice day out there, but uh, it was still amazing scenery. So I only had limited time back in, um, in Australia because uh, we had to start practice or school like in... Um, uh, the 10th of January, around the second week of January. And we took a few extra days in, um, in uh, Hawaii. Why wouldn't you? So, uh, yeah, went to, went back to Australia. We went to Phillip Island for new years. I do love down going down to the Island, just relaxing and all that, getting away from the hustle and bustle. And then, uh, I tried to fit a lot of things in before I flew back and played a lot of golf again. We visited, uh, uh Kuyong for the annual Kuyong classic, um, I met uh, Kiara's friend, uh, Kayla. She just had a baby and uh, I met baby Eva, Eva for the first time. So um, looking back on the photos there, it's, uh, it's funny how we've both changed. Uh, she was tiny back then and now she's gotten bigger and I had hair back then, now I don't. So uh, it's pretty funny. I went to Arthur's seat for a chairlift because they'd started that back up. Um, uh, I had my birthday as well just before I flew back to uh, Houston and they, they bought me, I love ice cream cakes every time. Like the Peter's ice cream cake is what I've had for my birthday for a long, long time. 
And I think one time uh, someone got a Freddo ice cream cake once and I was like, wrong, wrong. It's, it doesn't taste the same. But uh, yeah, I got a nugget cake this year as well. So uh, that was pretty cool. Had to fly back to Houston. And then uh, that starts 2018. This has been episode four of Taking a Punt, the Dane Roy story. Uh, coming up on the next episode, one of the most challenging off-seasons of all would await the Aussie punter.